Welcome to a Sunny Side Up Life podcast, a show for the woman who is ready to live an abundant life full of freedom and positivity. I'm your host, Sammy Womack, a nationally recognized money expert, budgeting coach, and your very own hype squad. I'm on a mission to help you break free from survival mode, gain financial freedom, stay motivated, and focus on what matters most. Join the movement and let's start living on the brighter side of life together. Just a reminder that everything discussed in today's episode will be linked in the episode show notes. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at A Sunny Side Up Life. And if you're ready to take control of your money and need guided instructions, check out my free budgeting challenge by going to asunnysideuplife.com. Now let's get into the episode. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another great interview. I'm so excited to be talking to Angela and Regina from Women's Personal Finance today. They are internet besties turned real life friends who share passions around intentional living, environmental awareness, sustainability, and of course, their love for personal finance. Y'all are really in for a treat with this conversation. We had so much fun during this interview, so... Let's not wait any longer. Let's welcome Angela and Regina to the podcast. All right, you guys, I am so excited to have both of you here. I've been a follower of the page for a long time, so I'm very excited to have you both here. So welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yes, yes. So give us a background of who you guys are as individuals, as a team, how you guys met each other, all of that. Whoever wants to start first. Okay. Um, well, we both started in this online personal finance creator space separately. Uh, we both started blogging around the same time in spring 2017. Me at Tread Lightly Retire Early and Regina at That Frugal Pharmacist. And we, you know, interacted together online uh, pretty early in our blogging journeys. And within a couple of is this a couple of years? I don't Time has no meaning anymore. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> she and I started really talking a lot more about a shared love of both the big island of Hawaii and um, what we ended up coining as Prepper Phi. So this um, intersection of general emergency preparedness and financial independence. Oh, and wow. Regina actually wrote a guest post for me back in like 2018, which yep. is where we coined that topic. Um, it's a little wild to go back and read that post, um, post, you know, COVID explosion and everything. Right. Because Regina definitely wrote some about how we like were headed in toward a general pandemic and some other stuff. So it, it was definitely wow. trippy. We updated it recently and it was kind of wild to read some of her her thoughts from five years ago. I have not seen that. I'm going to have to find it, like put it in the show notes. That is, that's insane. A little like future forecasting. I love it. Yeah. You can pay me for my psychic abilities. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we started, you know, getting to know each other more and got to be better friends. But I'd say that our relationship really kicked up a notch when um, Regina went to Hawaii with her family and her son got pretty sick on that trip. And when they came back, it culminated with a Christmas Eve diagnosis of stage four cancer. Oh my goodness. Um, so somehow during that time, she and I really kind of dug into our feelings and our connection with each other and uh, 
you know, he's doing wonderfully now. Um, so she just got back from three and a half weeks as a kind of do over trip to Hawaii. And Regina, I feel like maybe you can say a little bit more about that, but it's a much, it was a much better trip than the previous one. Yeah, Yeah. obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself as well. I feel like Angela just talked about me the whole time. She didn't say anything about her sister. Did I talk about Angela now? How we we met each other. Yeah. Uh, But I feel like that's an important part of our story is, you know, we, we were definitely like blogger friends before that, but like during that period of life, um, we got a lot closer. And, and I think around then was when you became a moderator for the women's personal finance Facebook yeah. group. Some, sometime while I was living in the hospital with my son. Um, <laughs> yeah. And um, I think that's also where, uh, where me and Angela really started thinking more about um, the value of community and and yeah. wider the importance of of connections and other friendships outside of your you know immediate family unit um i'm pretty uh self sufficient and not one to ask for help like i angela probably asked along with other people i refused to allow anybody to do a gofundme when my son got sick and i won't do that again if something ever happens but um it just it, it got both of us thinking a lot more about other things that we need and the importance of other relationships in in our lives. And uh, that kind of I think it was um, a major spot where women's personal finance um, grew out from that. And yeah. um, for me, too, that, you know, she mentioned my blog. It's uh, that I don't blog on really anymore, but uh, that frugal pharmacist. So I am a pharmacist um, by training and uh, did that for um, mostly full time for about a decade uh, right wow. before my son got sick and then um, have mostly stepped back from that now. Uh, I still work a, a day or two a month here and there, um, but mostly focusing on entrepreneurship, growing our business, women's personal finance, other things I do like advocacy around um, the developing psychedelic ecosystem and um, drug decrim- decriminalization and things like that. Um, but uh, but but WPF is my main gig and I've really um really gotten excited about community building and empowering people and encouraging connections um, to improve people's uh, lives and um, mindset and help them meet various goals, whatever they are, not just around finance. Yeah. So women's personal finance had been around as just a Facebook group for a few years. And, you know, it was a lovely space, but that's all it was. And it took Regina and I teaming up together for it to become something a lot bigger than simply a Facebook group. Right. At that point, too, we had about 10,000 folks in the group, and now we're pushing 70,000, which is kind of wild That's to surreal. think about. Yeah. Um, and then we have expanded and have um, paid communities and a blog with a bunch of resources and um, just a lot more going on than just a Facebook group. And without Regina, that would never have happened. And again, yeah. it kind of makes sense that if we're talking about like a community space, it takes more than one person to do the community thing. I love it. I love that so much. And it's almost like putting that extra heart into it, that extra love into it is kind of like what helped it grow. And, you know, most everybody that listens to the podcast knows that V is my best friend. She's also my, um, my marketing person. And, you know, like 
my other soulmate other than my husband. Um, and you know, the same thing, like I've seen my business bloom as well because we have each other now behind the scenes of my business. And it's almost like that friendship aspect of it was something that I was lacking so much of. I would, I would used to be in my younger days, one of those girls that said, I don't really get along with other women, you know, and we hear that and I'm like, okay. And now that you, you like, you know, as you're um, older and an adult and life experience and, you know, in my older age, becoming more and more of a feminist and I'm raising three girls as well and all the kind of stuff I'm like, let's do like community over competition, like collaboration over competition, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, Oh, there were reasons why I said that I was not like someone who got along with other women. Okay. There's, there's deeper, you know, we could, we could dig into that, but we probably won't. Um, (laughs) but all of that. So I love that you guys do this together. I love the whole idea behind the community aspect. I think it is so, so important. I love that so much. And I also think that, you know, going on a personal finance journey or any kind of living outside of the norm of society journey, it can be very isolating. So I I love that having the community aspect. And have you guys seen that as well as like, you know, just that people are isolated, like reaching out? Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, well, there's, I think there's no surprise that. Sorry, go ahead, Regina. Oh, it just it's it, we definitely still get a lot of feedback, but I'm going to put words back in Angela's mouth. Um, we we really hit our stride and got this going right as the pandemic was starting. Yeah. Um, okay, see, I didn't need to talk. You were going to yep. say what I was going to say. But, but we were <laughs> we were launching. We were already deciding to turn it into a business before the pandemic started. So we yeah. started to talk about it in November of twenty. 19? No, November 2020. 20? So pandemic was full force. Was it? Yeah. The last like three or four years doesn't exist. It was just all one big bubble of time. Yeah. We launched Insiders in G- January of 2021. So, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know what year it is anymore, obviously. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Same. It's okay. But no, it's no surprise that really WPF turned into something more than Facebook during the pandemic because of that need for deeper community. And I think a lot of us found that relationships we had before the pandemic were not the same ones that we came out of it with. Yes. I, you know, there's, there's been a lot more division and angst and people just not in the same place anymore and where in the past we would kind of gloss over that stuff and continue to be you know reasonable acquaintances people Mm -hmm. seem to have really decided to commit to certain folks whichever Um, one way or the other whichever mm -hmm. side of the aisle you're on yes i i think i experienced that a lot in my own life too um we are a homeschooling family and so there um it's a great division of people who are very one way or the other like very conservative or very liberal both of those people are homeschoolers which is so fascinating to me so we had kind of a great divide like in our local homeschooling community and so there was a lot of um like acquaintances like homeschool acquaintances that i'm like 
let's just mute you on Facebook. <laughs> we are not on the same page anymore. Um, but so there was a lot of those kind of we let kind of just fizzle out as acquaintances or kind of sort of friends. But then I think the friendships that we did, we needed each other even more. So we kind of dug in even more and got like closer to the people that were kind of mattered more. I don't know if that's the right word. And I've seen that a lot with a lot of people through the past couple of years. So it's really interesting. An important aspect for us with our various communities is when people started to create a little bit more space in their lives, one, just by nature, spending more time at home and getting out of those routines with the acquaintances or the people who are just part of their life, but maybe weren't really the intentional parts of their life. Um, And that space started to open up that it, it did leave the room to bring in those important connections that help you thrive the most. And I think also gave people a a long enough time being in these new types of environments, a lot more online um, to see that those relationships really can fill that too. It's important to have real, you know, people that you can connect with physically as well. Um, But, you know, some of the best relationships that I have cultivated outside of, you know, my husband and my son, they're all people I know online. You know, you're you're really limited (laughs) when you're, when you're dealing with um, your immediate geography and, um, we uh, we have been able to connect so many people who have similar values. And, and a lot of the time for us with our groups, it's it's not even that all of the values are the same, but there's also um, accepting uh, accepting a little bit of tension at times, um, like in the in the name of self growth and being supportive of each other. But we've also doubled down on certain non-negotiables that were very important to making our communities cohesive. So it's a hard um, balance at like running a community to to say and I think any really any social media content creator community or not has kind of had to make those decisions in the past couple of years you're like well money is political money is you know all these different things are like well you know if I don't make a stance then what do I stand for and it's been a challenge but then you're also like I don't want to dredge up all of this just to talk about a budget. And so you're like, where is that like happy medium? And it's, it's been a challenging past couple of years, but I love that you guys are really like cultivating real connection because I feel like there is so much acquaintance connection and like, you know, highlight reel on social media. And so like digging down to the more, the deeper issues, I think is so, so important, especially if, Someone like me who, like you guys said, maybe it's someone not in your immediate geography, (laughs) like location, um, is looking for those friendships and connections outside. And I wrote in my goals for so many years, cultivate friendships, grow friendships, like nurture this friendship and finally started to do it. Finally existing outside of my husband and my kids is really incredible and has been has done wonders for my mental health. That was one of the first things I went to therapy and she was like, but what do you do for you? And I was like, uh, basically nothing. (laughs) (laughs) We see a ton of women in their like thirties. I'm going to kind of gauge that are really finding that that's lacking and putting in a concentrated effort to try to 
to build those relationships. So yes. I think it's easy though, like when you're, you know, early on um, as a parent or early on in, uh, you know, a long-term relationship that you do focus in on those really heavily. Um, but yeah, coming, coming back out of that at some point and, and realizing that you're going to do a lot better if you have um, other yeah. outlets. Is exactly. Important. Exactly. Yeah. I love well, and yeah. the cool thing about so insiders is our premium membership community. Like it's our smallest group. Um, it is the most expensive to join. Um, called our life and money our, mastermind. Yes, our life and money mastermind. But the really it. cool thing is, is that because it is such a small group, um, our community there really gets to know each other on like a deep friendship level. And then when you travel, Folks have been able to meet up with yeah. each other in New Zealand, in Hawaii, in New York. Like, so in some ways, like we, we call it our, you know, our pocket friends. And yeah. you can then meet your pocket friends when you're in a new location and you have like this ready made group of folks to hang out with, yes. which is which is pretty cool. I love if it. You're going to talk about like intentional uh, relationships too, like these, these uh, like autopilot acquaintances that a lot of us get. How, how frequently do we actually see any of these people? It's like a constant, well, maybe next month, maybe next month, maybe next month. And you might not even like love that relationship. It's yeah. just who's around. So if you're only going to see those people a couple of times a year anyway, and the rest is just like phone tag, then what's wrong with having friends who live on the other side of the country and maybe you have the opportunity to meet up with them, but the quality of the connection can be a lot deeper. So this is exactly. obviously going on a little bit of a tangent, but no, we do I feel really strongly about that. Like the crafting the intentional part of it first and making sure the connection is there um, opens up so many doors to other things and, and the rest off. And just, it feels like it falls into place when you make yeah. a space I mean, for you it. And I have only seen each other, what, five times in person ever? I think so. Uh, so I don't know. Four or five, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah which is yeah. kind of wild to think about, but you know, we, we talk about each other being, you know, our platonic soulmates. Yeah. You know, we, we oh, call yeah. each other partners because we are partners. <laughs> it's just, we are in a long distance, non-romantic relationship. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty um, much. But yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe we're polyamorous at this point <laughs> in some kind of a way. Are, uh, you're, you're like literally <laughs> describing V and I, she's going to listen to this and be like, yeah, that's basically us. I mean, we've only seen each other. We've only been in person twice. I went to visit her. She went to visit me, but we are literally like soul, soul sisters. I mean, I don't go a day without texting her or yeah. it's same. It's, yeah. yeah. And, and she's all the way in Colorado. I'm in Texas and you know, she's more involved in my life than immediate family members, honestly, because it's like, it's what you nurture. And also I think kind of going back to like the people who you might run into at school events or kids activities or something like that, which kind of turn into our acquaintances. We don't really get the chance to sit and like talk about anything that actually matters, anything of value. It's like, how are you guys? Oh, we've been busy. How about you? Yeah, we've been busy. We've been working on that project. The kids are doing this. Okay, well, we'll catch up next time. And that's it. And it's like, that's not a real friendship. That's not real connection. That's not, we're not talking about anything that really matters it's like let's like talk talk to me about politics religion sex like talk to me about like the good stuff i don't want to like just coat the surface it's so boring <laughs> whereas like for us 
I just, like Angela said, I just got back from a trip in Hawaii and two of the people who are in that premium audience are WPF insiders yeah. happened to be in the same city at the same time. We only had a couple days where we all overlap, but we did get together with the kids and the spouses. Yeah. And, you know, like I'm pretty socially awkward. I do good like <laughs> typing. Right. Right. <laughs> I don't do so good talking, <laughs> but like I've talked to these people so many times online, even though I've never really spent any time with them in person one yeah. of them i've spent like a couple days but um but it was totally natural like we got together and we already know enough about each other and then you can like get into really enjoying the the facetime when you do have it um because a lot of that like awkward stuff is already out of the way yeah. and there's like shared understanding so it was it was awesome yeah i love it i love it so much i just think that it's is funny so because needed. oh go ahead no you're Angela's fine go ahead. jealous <laughs> I'm totally jealous. I was totally jealous. And my kiddo was totally jealous because um, he's met all of the kids um, one time or another. And I showed him a picture of them all hanging out in Hawaii. Yeah. He was like, oh. <laughs> but it's interesting because, you know, women's personal finance is primarily a money community. You mm -hmm. know, in the name, it's very clear, like this is a money space, but the things that make it magical are not necessarily the money stuff. I mean, right. we're there for each other when it comes to like career questions and job interviews and asking for a raise and should I leave my spouse and like the really hard, deep, you know, money related stuff. But a lot of that comes from having a like foundation of like mutual understanding and connection first. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Like being able to ask somebody when I do meet them in person and they say something just flat out, like, so what's your annual budget? What do you spend? Yeah. <laughs> Most people would be like, how dare you ask me? That? <laughs> Where, like for us, it's like, that's, that's like the, that's the, the bedrock is like, yeah. we're going to ask things about money. It's like, and well, I don't know, you may or may not answer. Yeah. You're not going to be offended. I, I you after you but after you connect on that kind of stuff you're like well you're feeling that way because of this money trauma that I know you shared with me in your childhood and then you're like what are you just meeting this person for the first time in person no I know I know that she has a hard time going shopping because she has this money trauma from her childhood we're real you just friends. reminded me we need to we need to like add it to our pitch for our <laughs> communities like you know when people tally it up like this is worth three thousand eighty two dollars and seventy cents like we need to do like a, like you can save yourself this much on annual therapy bills because you have friends to talk to just yeah add that as a line item of things you don't have to pay for when you're part of our communities <laughs> That is, that is worth it for sure. Yeah. So do you kind of see, I know we kind of basically touched on this, but I, I get, I'm assuming that you guys saw that this was kind of a, a gap in the personal finance space of like needing this community and tell us a little bit more about that. And I touched, let's see. So for me, initially, what it was is we already had the, the basics of the community because we had the Facebook group and it was a pretty robust community, although it was significantly smaller. Um, and most of the, the spaces that I saw were really focused on like a person or a personality. Mm -hmm. um, and me and Angela were, were gaining more comfort with it, I think. But neither of us were about like, I'm the expert. Let me tell you all the ways to solve yeah. problems like 
that really wasn't where we saw ourselves. And we, we definitely wanted to create spaces that were centered on the community itself and the audience. Not so much about like, oh my gosh, we need a community. I don't think that's what the thought was, but just like we need to center the people and create space for them to educate and, you know, grow with each other because they have so much to offer when you make it this, I don't know, democratic's the word, but you know, when you, when you put it out in a way where like we're equals here and we all have things to offer. Um, and, uh, I think that's been another, another part of it that's really helped us to grow because people do you know, people want to be a part of something and um, they can feel valued for their inputs, no matter, you know, if they're just paying off debt or if they just bought a million dollar house, like everybody has something to teach somebody else. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there's also the piece of, you know, if somebody has a question specifically about finances in Canada, neither of us is going to pretend like we're the expert on Canadian finance. We can say, Hey, there are these five other people that would be a much better ask because they are the experts in that space. So we, we don't feel like we need to know all the answers and we've both gotten very comfortable with saying, this isn't my space, but I know somebody who, who this is their wheelhouse. I love that. Yeah. And I I think that is another thing that is very needed in this social media driven world that we live in is everyone pretends like they're an expert in every single thing. And there's just some things where you're not really an expert. (laughs) Don't give bad advice. Just tell them I don't know. And that's okay. That's okay. I love it. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about, you know, I, I love following the page because I love how it's kind of a curation of feminist centered kind of personal finance stuff. And I love that. It's like, Hey, this was a quote from somebody else. I'm like, Oh yeah, I also follow her or, Oh, I don't let me follow that person. And so it's kind of a little bit of both. It's like putting it all in one place, which is really fun to kind of follow. And I love a good quote. So I really enjoy the Instagram feed that you guys have going on. So what do you think kind of makes your space stand out from the other feminist centric personal finance because i mean there there's a couple out there so what do you think kind of makes it stand out i mean for starters i think we filled a space that you know women's personal finance originally grew out of a blog post i wrote on tread lightly retire early in january 2018 and for those who are not familiar with that it was a meet the women of the person of the financial independence movement um, and at that point, you really didn't hear about women writing about money, especially about financial independence. That didn't mean they weren't there. I was a lurker in the personal finance community since 2010. Like they were there from the very beginning. Yeah. But there was this presumption that it was male and mostly white male voices talking about this stuff. And so women's personal finance came in in a space when that really wasn't talked about head on. It got danced around sometimes, but we've been very clear from the get go that this space is special and different and meant to center women and non-binary folks' lives. That doesn't mean that men can't have a great contribution to the money space. It's just, this is not their space. This is ours. Yes. 
I love that. Yes. I, I also, I speak to the same audience and it's not that I don't hate men, obviously, but I'm just like, I don't speak the same language. And I have had, um, I've had coaching clients. I coach one-on-one and I have had two men (laughs) and, um, recently had a third, um, apply. And I was very proud of my boundaries. I was like, I'm not the best person for you to work with. And I recommended them to another coach friend of mine. And then they were like, Hey, great. Thank you so much for sending us the client. And it was an ideal client for them. But I'm like, I'm not your coach. That's just not my, my voice. Almost all of my clients are moms. Some are, some are in partnerships, some aren't, you know, but I I have, you know, that's kind of my niche. And I appreciate that as a niche, because like you said, when I first started in my journey, it was like 2015. And it was like Dave Ramsey or bust. There was like not a lot of other choices. And I'm like, okay, yeah, but like, I'm a mom with three kids. I'm a stay at home mom with three kids. Where's my voice? (laughs) I don't I'm not like relating to you yelling at me and telling me I'm dumb. That's not what I need to hear right now. So I I really appreciate um, that voice on Instagram and and, um, all of that as well. So I'm a budgeting coach and every day I help real people set up their real budgets. And in order to do this successfully, I designed a one of a kind budgeting system for everyone. The digital budgeting system is a set of digital worksheets that are perfect for any and every family's budgeting needs from beginners to pros. If you want an automated, color-coordinated, simplified, and gorgeous way to organize your money, then you're in the right place. This is a simple six-tab spreadsheet system hosted through Google Sheets full of formulas and shortcuts to make your budgeting life easier, as well as a how-to video to help you get it all set up. The best part? It's only 20 bucks. Visit asunnysideuplife.com slash budgeting or find the direct link in the show notes to get yours today. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, too, is that there are so many people, not only in the United States, but in the like English speaking world. Yes. Like there is not there is not competition here. There is so much space and so many people like the idea that we need to be in competition because we are both focused on women and money is like the most ridiculous yeah. thing. You would think there were like 500 people in the entire world and 200 of them are women and we're fighting <laughs> over those 200. <laughs> I have even had coaching clients come to me and I had one, one time where she was like, well, I finished, um, I worked one-on-one with so-and-so and I really wanted to see what you had to offer. What could you teach me that would be different? Or I could learn more or from your perspective. I've had other people come to me with, other people's worksheets. Oh, I've been using their spreadsheets for all these years. I really like them. Okay, cool. Let's keep using them. Or I've been using this app. Okay, cool. Let's keep using them. You don't have to only use my worksheets. You don't have to only listen to my podcast. That's so silly. You can, you can listen to like 20 million different podcasts and find benefit in all of them. That's really great. Yeah. I wanted to kind of dig into a couple. We don't really have to go and if we don't have time for all of them, it's fine. But I wanted to kind of bring up a couple of my recent favorites. I started scrolling and I was like, I'm writing too many. I'm going to, I only put three on the outline because I was going to, I was writing the whole Instagram page. I'm like, let's not do this. (laughs) They can go to your Instagram if, if they don't already follow you and read all the great ones. But 
I really liked this one. So there was a recent post that said unpopular opinion. We should be celebrating women who make the brave, liberating step to end their marriages. I was like, mic drop, because even as someone who is very happily married, I think that this is so important because I have seen it firsthand with my clients. And I want to know your guys's thoughts on this particular post. Well, for one, we know that that is a major reason that uh, people find themselves in our community um, is when they are um, considering a separation um, or after and trying to kind of figure life out again. So we've seen that that's kind of an important space that um, needs to be recognized and that, uh, that, you know, there are unique considerations there. So we, we definitely want to make those people, you know, feel acknowledged and that it, it's a really hard step and takes tons of strength and can be one of the best things you can do to set yourself up financially and have the life that you you want to. Um, so uh, we we try to point that out pretty regularly. We bring things up in the Facebook group quite a lot um, talking about divorce and we get tons of questions there. So I don't know if I answered your question, yeah. but well, it's a big and, part of the community. And also, yeah. you know, so all three of us in this conversation right now are partnered. We are all married to men. Yeah. Um, and so this, but this is, does not mean that that is the right answer for everyone. And, you know, I come Agreed. from a background where I, you know, grew up saying, you know, unless you're cheated on or physically abused, you stay in that marriage because marriage is for life. And this is like what you should be doing. And this is the expectation. And, and if you leave... For and some other reason, even in those reasons, you still stay. I've heard that. Yes. Well, you can work it out. Yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> it feels really important to loudly push back against that. You know, the idea that just because you're only kind of unhappy most of the time isn't a good enough reason to leave a marriage. We are telling people that they need to commit 40, 50, 60 years of their lives to being miserable. Just so they can have that little like trophy when they die saying I never got divorced. Like it's the most ridiculous yes. thing. And yet and not to look at it as a failure, but more like what a win that you can recognize, success. recognize that something's not working and change the situation for you and the partner um, yeah. so that you can both succeed in life. It's not a failure. And I love how this ties directly into money because I firsthand as a coach have seen where a divorce needed to happen and couldn't happen. I have literally sat on calls with clients um, crying because she had no access. She did not have her own vehicle. Um, she did not have access to an emergency fund um, and her partner would not let her get a job. And I, I'm getting chills like thinking about it because I, I lost a lot of sleep over this one. What am I supposed to do in that situation as a coach? And I just kept pushing. When you, you need to find childcare. You need to get a job. You need to have your own emergency fund. You need to have access to the emergency fund. You need to get yourself a car. I'm not saying you have to leave your partner, but you need that independence. And that's where the money, I, I mean, that 
permanently change something in me as a coach. I have also worked with women after and they're picking up the pieces after a divorce. Um, And a lot of times in my experience, my clients experiences getting the short end of the stick in a lot, getting stuck with a lot of debt, getting stuck quotes with the kids, getting saddled with all of that responsibility and the financial responsibility that comes with it. And it's heavy stuff. It really is. There's a statistic that 97% of folks who are physically abused are also financially abused. So like we cannot pretend that these are two separate things. Yes. And like you said, it doesn't mean you have to leave. It means that you have the option and the opportunity to. And honestly, it's like, then you are saying that I am committed to this relationship because I want to be here, Mm -hmm. not because I don't have any option to leave. Like, yeah. And it's also more powerful to say I'm staying because I choose to. Exactly. And even in in my personal marriage, I have been a stay at home mom. My oldest is 12. Uh, We've almost been married 15 years this whole time. I've been a stay at home mom. My husband has always been the main breadwinner. But I'm one, educated. Two, I have my own developed credit score. I have access to our bank accounts. I have my own vehicle. All of these things. I recently did a reel about this, actually, that was like, um, all these things, even if you're happily married, I don't care a little bit. You need to have something. And and I've even told my husband, joking or not, I'm here because I want to be <laughs> like, I would be OK on my own. I have an education. I have access to my own vehicle, all these different things. And that just builds, a, I think, a mutual respect of like we both want to be here. It's no one's no one's here against their will. And and money plays a huge part of that. Um, and I think uh, kind of directly tying into this, this other post that you guys had that was said 98% of widows and divorcees would tell other women to take a more active role in their money. And also seen that firsthand. My mother is a widow and my mother-in-law is a divorcee and both of them reestablishing that, that financial independence um, when they're newly single and us coaching them kind of through it as their children has been very interesting. Have you guys seen um, a lot of this as well in your community? Definitely. Um, And I think this is also one way where we're maybe a little bit more different than a lot of the creators out there is we really push back on like the toxic positivity. I'm pretty sure V does this kind of thing, too. Um, But there's there's a lot of um, a lot when it comes to to issues around like when people might be divorced, like we even within our community where we're talking about these things regularly, we still consistently get pushback um, where people talk about because they're in a good relationship, maybe they don't need these things where it's like the way things, the way things appear at the surface and the way they should be and the way it is when everything is going good is not the reality when that flip switches and it can happen so quick if there's a death or if I don't know, you find out something about your partner that makes, makes a split need to happen quickly or whatever, but, um, not 
putting your head in the sand just because things are going well right now, but being realistic about, you know, what happens in life and statistics around how many marriages um, do dissolve. And I have no statistics on how many people become widowed, but, you know, things like this, there's medical issues that come up and, and completely turn things upside down. So, um yeah. Just just really pushing that conversation that it's great if everything is great right now, but please be logical and uh, just just look at how quickly things can change. You know, yes. it doesn't mean anything is wrong. You're just covering just all case, your bases. Just in case. And that's that's exactly what happened for my parents. My, I firmly believe my parents would have stayed married 100 million years if that was possible. But my dad passed away from lung cancer in his 40s. My mom didn't you know who who thinks that their spouse is going to die in their 40s like nobody wants to believe that's going to happen and it obviously our whole world turned upside down um thankfully she did have life insurance that like helped her get back on her feet but then there were also there was it's a whole story but her and I talk a lot about maybe she should have had a more active role or her trying to figure out who she is financially like now she's like oh I can go and like recently she just bought a new car and she's like I can just go buy a new car and you know and she's like making her own financial decisions and things that she never would have thought to even consider in her 20s or, or 30s when she was still married so it's just you know and it's also it's very empowering to at least know where your money is, at least understand your investments a little bit, at least have access to your savings account. Even if your partner does the budget, at least know what's going on. And then the flip side of that, I talked to like my husband's a stay at home dad, basically. Yeah. I mean, I'm working from home now, but or when we first had my son, I was working and he was stay at home. And I, I bring up too, like the realities around the, the workloads are split in different ways now. And um, like I fund a spousal IRA for him before I fund an IRA for me, because when I am working normally, I have access to a 401k and he doesn't. Um, so though those conversations are, I think, historically much more important to talk about, uh, given that women are more frequently in problematic situations like you can still take that into consideration and in trying to have um, an equitable partnership regardless of what it looks like well and one of our insiders too likes to talk about but what if your partner ended up with a brain tumor and it's pushing against their personality center of their brain and they start acting completely different I mean, really, like, yeah. it's not just death or like, oh, well, my spouse is my perfect other half. It's never going to happen. But there are like physical changes that can happen. So like there's there's no world in which you can say, oh, no, this can never, ever be my situation. Yeah. I love that. And, and my husband will talk sometimes with his coworkers and people will tease him. They're like, well, of course you're on track to be a millionaire. Like, look at what your wife does, <laughs> you know, look at her job. If I had her managing my money, I would be too. And he's just like, he seriously told coworkers. He's like, dude, like go open up your investment account. Quit just like playing the ignorance card. And he's like, get involved. Like it's also just as important both partners. And I think it also, it takes a little bit of the burden off the other one. If you're like, Hey, I, I want to be here. Hey, I understand what's going on. Hey, we're on the same team. That too. So it's all different side, whichever way you flip it. 
it's really great to know what's going on and have a little bit of your own kind of financial independence. And I just think it's, it's really, really important. So I love that. I love that. Yeah. So I, I could probably just keep going on and like quoting the Instagram page, but I won't. I think that those were really great topics to dig into. And I, I really wanted to make sure to, to at least bring up that with you guys. So I really appreciate you sharing your insight on that. Um, before we go, I like to ask all of my guests to kind of encourage people to break free of that hustle culture. I would love you guys to each share something that you love to do. that doesn't bring you a profit. You don't do because it's a side hustle. You do purely because it brings you joy. So who wants to go first? Oh, gosh, I feel <laughs> like Regina is especially a bad... Uh... <clears throat> cereal dabbler and yeah. selling her stuff. I was going to say my chickens, but my son sells the chicken eggs. So does it count that I don't sell the eggs? I mean, I, that's a lot of work for you. I know. And and he's the one making the money. Right. So maybe, yeah. that, maybe that counts, but um, having chickens in my garden, like um, yes. I do a lot of canning and like making my own spices and stuff. And people have been like, Oh, but you could, you know, open up a stand at the farmer's market. My husband makes, his own bacon and like so like we could but zero interest exactly like it's it's for our own stuff and um it's not something that we are going to ever add on our plate i love that all right Regina, well, let's as hear angela yours. said i i definitely am a serial dabbler <laughs> it's hard to separate you know things sometimes but like I, I i'm gonna say this even though i do make some money at it because i don't know that there's much of anything i do that doesn't make a little bit of money <laughs> but um but like i re i'm I'm a, I'm a pretty avid um mushroom forager like i yes. i live in the woods i i um really enjoy uh, like foraging in general but mushrooms in particular um and like i so i go out and i find them and we eat a lot but at, at a certain point we have more than we can eat and i can't leave it once i find it um, yeah. so i do sell some and i've i've backed off like i'm not selling as much as i was at one point because it's not uh, a very good income source it's more just like i don't want to throw it away if it's gonna yeah. go to waste and and They're where i live awesome. everybody mushrooms. can find them <laughs> so awesome. it's not it's not that easy to like give them away here because if you want to eat them you probably know where to find them um but a lot of those just general hobbies that are like connected with nature. I do. We do a lot of gardening. We have a big greenhouse. Um, I credit my husband a little bit with keeping my uh, dabbling in check because he <laughs> refuses to let me monetize some things. He says, then it won't be fun anymore. Um, yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. which like, I think the, the problem is one of my hobbies is making money. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a hobby in and of itself. Yeah. So it, it all ends up kind of connected, but um, I mean, just you know, you, you look at what the, what the return on your investment is. And there's a lot of stuff that I do that I do maybe like technically make some money off of it. But if you look at the time spent versus other ways I could focus, I'm definitely losing money. Um, so I'm doing them because I really do enjoy yes. them and it's building skills and it's getting me connected with nature and it's tricking me into thinking I'm not exercising <laughs> when I am because I'll never exercise for the sake of exercising. So. Yes. Yeah. And those, like those memes you see, that's like, oh, this is this tomato only cost me, you know, this many hours and this, this and this when I could have just bought it at the store for like a dollar seventy or whatever. Right. 
um, which is hilarious to me. I love it so much. That and, and I want to say, though, Regina, like while you monetize a lot of your hobbies on a small scale, you're also partially retired. You right. literally work as a pharmacist once or twice a month. Not once or twice a week, once or twice a, a month. month. <laughs> like, yeah. If you want to talk about something that made you more money, like you could go back to working as a pharmacist full time and make more money than all the other things combined. But you're at a place in life where you don't have to and you can pull back from that hustle culture of maxing out your 401k every single year and everything else just because you have a skill that you can take full time to make a whole sure. bunch of money. So while you're making a little bit with your <laughs> dabbling stuff, yeah. you know, you have pulled back almost entirely from the full time gig. Yes, definitely. It is. It is by choice because I enjoy it because that is not the, the best ways to make money. I also like waste a lot of time making random designs on like graphic design programs yeah. when the mood strikes and sometimes they get turned into stickers because I also make and sell stickers. But um, but a lot of the times I just make them because I think they're really hilarious. And I know that like there's not really any outlet for it. And I have my little like artistic creative burst and, and then I move on and do whatever else. So um, yeah. I guess that's one. Yes. I love it. I love it. That's so awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for sharing everything that you shared and for everything that you do. Um, tell everyone again where they can find you guys and um, exactly the resources that you guys offer in your community and all of that. Actually, can I, before I do that, can I yes. interject for Angela? Cause I like, she does a ton of nonprofit work that <laughs> she doesn't get paid for. <laughs> So, so that's why you guys are like so oh, I guess that does that count as a hobby though? I don't know. I think like, it's like borderline this, work at this point because you do so much of it, but like but you're choosing but to you're do that and you profit. don't get paid for it. Yeah. yeah. Planning commission is zero dollars and being on the transportation board is zero dollars and but so yeah, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's a hobby. It if started it doesn't as make a hobby. Money, it's kind of a hobby. <laughs> that's true. It is true. Yes, that counts. That definitely counts. Um, our, our website is womenspersonalfinance.org. Um, on most socials, we are women's PF, W O M E N S P F. Um, I think YouTube might be different. You'd have to go to our website and find we'll the YouTube. The links. Yes, yes. Cool. Um, and then, uh, you know, the Facebook group, you can search for Women's Personal Finance to look for that, though. Um, we're really encouraging people at this point, if they would love to be a part of our communities, to check us out at woven, W-O-V-E-N, by WPF.net. This is our, um, our new community, which is not fully a replacement for Facebook, but it is where we are hoping to branch out more. There's a small fee associated with it. Um, we think it's pretty low and accessible and we find that the um, quality of the members and the connections that are made with even just a minimal fee is far and above what happens in Facebook. So um, you're welcome to check out either if you want to be part of our community open to women and non-binary people, basically anybody who doesn't identify as a man. Um, and uh, we would we would love to have you if you think it would be beneficial. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys sharing everything that you shared and for you guys taking the time out and all of that. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us today. It was great to be here. 
Thanks for hanging out for another episode of a Sunny Side Up Life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and leave a review. Five-star reviews are what help the podcast grow. Don't forget to check out the episode show notes for links to everything that we talked about today, as well as tons of free resources to help you on your financial independence journey, like my monthly newsletter, budgeting challenges, fun downloads, and more. Head over to a sunnysideuplife.com to get started. And if you want to keep up with me in the day-to-day, don't forget to follow me on social media at a sunny side up life. Well, that's all for me this week. Bye guys.